Pornhub. Pornhub. The Pornhub Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Pornhub Podcast. Today's guest is someone I've actually never had the honor of working with, but he is a male porn star. His name is Owen Gray, and he is consistently one of the most popular male porn stars among women. Owen is non-conventional in many ways. Uh, One, in his looks, he has lots of tattoos, he has body modification brandings, um, and he is not your typical male porn star, lives in LA, looks like he's from LA, um, and he's also not your typical porn star in the way that he handles himself. He is not really out there. He doesn't even have an Instagram. Uh, (laughs) He doesn't do a whole lot of events. um, And he's just, there's not a lot out there about him. Um, So even in researching him for this interview, I found that there's really so little information about him that I just want to know everything. Uh, so I really, really enjoyed talking to him. He is a really charming guy. Um, he's really good at fucking. I know that from watching him. So, um, I hope you enjoy the interview. So Owen, um, thank you so much for being here. I, you're, you're such a mystery. Like even within the industry, I feel like I generally know a certain about amount about like even the performers I haven't met, but you are someone who's like, you're like a complete mystery. <laughs> um, is that like, um, is that like a branding thing? Like, are you like the mysterious guy or are you just like a total introvert? Uh, maybe a little bit of both. I mean, I'm definitely very much an introvert and um, I think part of not living in LA and not kind of, living as Owen 24 seven, I kind of just keep to myself and then slip in and, and work and, you know, connect with the industry. But, uh, yeah, I'm also just, I'm not like, I'm, I'm kind of like attention avoidant often. So I, um, you know, I, I enjoy aspects of, being involved in kind of like the big show of the industry, like AVN, I've been to plenty of times, but it's not, it's not, uh, not anything that I personally like super want to be in the spotlight in that way. Are you like the kind of guy who doesn't even have a birthday party? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. pretty much. I mean, now I kind of, uh, I mean, my wife often tries to do something to get me to, but I, yeah, I generally don't. This was actually the first year because I turned 35 this year, which I was like, this is kind of a, kind of a good marker. Maybe I'll do something fun. And then of course, not, I was like, okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I find that a lot of people in porn, you know, it, I think to the outside, it must seem like a very attention-seeking kind of person that would join the porn industry um, because, you know, we are performers. Um, but I find that a lot of us are very shy. 
Yeah, I think because we're all just also used to like being so engaged and giving a- attention constantly to strangers and to, you know, other media in the industry that I feel like when we have a chance to kind of turn that camera off, we're like, oh, okay, <laughs> just leave me alone. I'm just gonna, you know, be a homebody sure. and stay cozy. Like very selective about when we are being looked at and when we're not. I think. Yeah, because I think we're all used to having kind of that pressure of like, look this way, be hot, like give your present your best self kind of all the time. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so you're someone who is like really known to not follow. I think anyone in porn is already not really following the mainstream just by picking sex work as a job. We're already kind of like on the outskirts of society, but I would say even within porn, you're known as a very like unconventional performer. Like you said, you don't live in LA. That's already Mm -hmm. rare actually. Um, And then you are known for a certain kind of scene. Um, You're known for a certain kind of look. Are, Are you, do you intentionally like, are you conscious of branding or are you just like who you are and you're kind of like, take me as I am? It's very much been a journey. Um, I mean, earlier on, I was I was just like trying to do anything I could to get enough work and to be in the industry and to like basically just support myself. So I would take any any booking, any booking, and kind of just saw it as an opportunity to like meet more people and to be involved. and And I was happy to. I mean, I've shot. You know, I I, I saw like I started at Kink in San Francisco and I've done hundreds of scenes with them in the past, but yeah, for years, everybody thought I like only did BDSM stuff, but I mean, I've, I've definitely, I've done plenty of mainstream LA. I've done things in Europe. I've done very like artsy, you know, stuff, um, tons of amateur stuff. So I kind of just took any opportunity that I could. And then really, um, a big shift was actually when I, had mo- became more um, more involved with being on Pornhub because Pornhub just has such a massive audience mm-hmm. that I felt like all of a sudden people are like, "Oh my God, who's Ellen? This like new guy?" And I'm like, "Well, I've been here for five years already, <laughs> but thanks." So. But that's how porn is. Like I I remember I think more so for the guys, but even like as yeah. a woman in porn, like I remember feeling very 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 new for like three years, and then I felt like old news yeah like, and then all of a sudden they're like oh yeah like asa has been around for a while like yeah, yeah. You know. and until then i was like oh like oh you're still a baby in porn you're still so new yeah and nobody really knew who i was but you say you started off at kink and like what is is it because you're like a bdsm guy in your real life uh i was for sure more like i, I was a little bit more when i was younger um that was such a just random chance. I mean, I used to, essentially my old roommate invited me to be in the audience at a kink shoot. Um, and I just went with friends to be like, Oh, this will be fun. I'm just going to check it out. Um, not really, you know, kind of just saw it as like a fun experience. And I did, I went to a good handful of those at like public disgrace and upper floor. And most people know. That doesn't know, like in San Francisco, back when kink had their armory, they would open it to the public. Yeah. And 
they would have these they would have these like kind of BDSM shoots where there was a public audience so it would be between like 50 and 100 people often and um you know the audience were like there to watch and sometimes like kind of play in their own little separate circles um and after going to you know a handful of those of those shoots just for fun actually my my wife was the one that recommended that I just try out applying um, this is also like back when kink had a had a talent department where you could like send an application like any other job right. um, and it was kind of, it was more of just a like like this would be an interesting experience if it actually hey, happened what does that application look like like do you is it <laughs> is it like a normal job where it's like you hand in your resume or is it like do you send kind of. like a nude photo or what it was pretty yeah it was kind of like what's your sexual experience what's your experience on camera it was it's kind of like their way of weeding out the weirdos of like are you like are you into bdsm like have you been on camera and you know yeah i sent a couple photos in and then um I mean, and are those photos like fully nude? Like, are they of your hard penis? Well, they 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 ask you to. I don't remember. I don't remember if I was hard or not, but they definitely they asked for like like a face and then like a full body front, full body back. Yeah. Um, Because I feel like from seeing someone's flaccid penis, you can't really tell much. (laughs) Yeah, but I think it's kind of just to be like what are you a real person um (laughs) and are you willing to be naked i guess yeah yeah. because i know they have to weed out like so much kind of just oh yeah i don't know people i I mean i'm sure anybody in porn like daily got somebody being like how do i get into porn how do i get in porn totally so i'm sure they just deal with the same thing constantly I, i mean even when i'm like trying to sell my panties i'm answering about 90% bullshit emails. Yeah. Want to talk or like waste my time or, you know, or whatever. I don't even know. Um, and then 10% of those are like actual serious people down to do business. <laughs> yeah. We are like, come on, just like get through the, get, yeah. get through the questions and like, let's get to business. Let's do this. Right. Yeah. Right. But, but yeah. And, um, ironically, uh, Mickey Maud, who's a longtime performer, he was also working in the talent department at kink. Oh, and so he interviewed me, um, for like, <laughs> you know, he, inter- he interviewed me to just basically the same thing, but like, what's your, and that's in person? yeah, that's an in-person interview. Um, and you know, then I went on to do like, dozens and dozens of scenes with him and I've known him for years but uh that actually sounds like a very um like unique way to get into porn because I mean kink is very unique in its own way in a lot of ways right and I I think in a good way like I think kink is actually a production company that really has a lot of things right like they make us fill out a list of things that are hard yeses and hard noes before we even are on a set or, you know, um, everyone's like wearing gloves. Like it just feels very, very safe. Condoms are always an option on a kink set. Like, yeah. It, um, I'm I don't really, know. I'm really happy that I started there because I feel like it kind of set a bar for mm-hmm. what I think is kind of appropriate and safe and how to approach even, you know, the most vanilla scenes. Um, but it was also, it was just such a great environment because so much of the, like the crews and the directors, everybody knew each other and was friendly and they would also be shooting multiple websites in a day. So you'd like, you just run into all these other performers 
and not just on the straight side, but like the trans and the gay side. So it was kind of just this like hangout in the green room of, of a big mix up of ever, other people in the industry, which was just fun. Totally. And a lot of people are like sleeping over. So there's, yeah, like- there's like people <laughs> hanging out and yeah. <laughs> getting up to trouble for sure. Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely a very different porn experience, I think. But, um, so, so you're saying that like when you started going to these like public, I guess like when you were in the audience yeah. watching these porn shoots at kink, that was like, was that your first experience with BDSM or? No, no I'd had plenty of experience with BDSM oh, okay. in my personal life before that. Yeah. So not, so when I started shooting at kink, it wasn't a lot of the activities I was doing weren't like super new or foreign to me at all, but there was definitely things like, you know, my second shoot ever was a gangbang where we like waterboarded this girl. And it was like, it was like four veteran dudes and me. Um, <laughs> Were you a good performer right away? Um, I was comfortable for sure. I think I was much less aware of, my own performance you know it was like I was kind of just like okay tell me what to do and I'll get in there um and but you know I had a fun time um I mean yeah so like my second scene ever was this girl who was one of those like never done a porn shoot but she's gonna do a gangbang whoa (laughs) Um, yeah it was like first time having sex in bondage first time doing a dp and we like we like waterboarded her (laughs) Um, but it was like me, James Dean, Tony Rebus, Carlo Carrera, and uh, and uh, who's the other guy? Uh, oh, yeah, these are all guys that are Carlo and, and and Ramon, a decade plus. Yeah, it's like it's like Ramon, Tony, Carlo, and James, and me. <laughs> and Donna's just like, just get in there whenever you can get a chance, <laughs> you know? Because they're all like, I'm the man. Like, I'm, they're just all kind of showing off the whole time, and I'm like. And and not to mention, like, that's a group of guys that's they're very not only are they really experienced and have been in porn forever, they're really used to working with each other. And I find that like the group scene, like you really see who's comfortable with each other and who's like not in the group, right? So I imagine it's gotta be hard too. I I ended up doing like a million gangbangs I can't go over the years and it was like always the same 12 guys kind of on rotation and every once in a while they would try out a new guy. And yeah, it's, it's kind of this like musical chairs of sex. That's like really technical where it's like, okay, hold her leg. And then you kind of like give each other these eye signals and you're like, you get over there, let's switch this. You like hold her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People don't know, like a good gangbang really has, I mean, of I think for the, on the person being gangbang's side, being the gangbang-y, I guess you could say, the person being gangbanged, it's like really like, I think all that needs to be there is like enthusiasm and like desire to be gangbanged and to be there. And then the rest is really like more of an art form by the guys. Yeah. Cause like, yeah, we, you know, you like you, we know the positions and it's so technical fitting all those bodies that, yeah, we, the guys often be like, they literally position the woman and they're like, don't move, just stay right there. We're going to hold you there. And they're just going to take turns fucking you. Cause the, have, you ever, have you ever done a gangbang in real life? Uh, good question. 
have I? You, you actually have to think about it. <laughs> I don't think so. I've had like three sons and stuff, mm-hmm. but I mean, when you've done so many gangbangs, it's just like, it's just, it's just a lot of work. You're like, uh, I don't know, you know. Like, yeah. I, I, I had my fill. <laughs> I will say, like, I I love gangbangs. I've never done one in real life. And, you know, I was married to a Tony, a porn performer, for yeah. a really long time. And, like, I will say, I, I think for the guys, I don't know that I've ever heard a guy in porn be like, a gangbang is my favorite kind of scene. Because it is so much work. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 both technical and it's just a lot of work physically. So, you know, they can be really fun. I had definitely like depending on the dynamic with the guys and the women and mm-hmm. you know, it's like they can be super fun and you can blow through them and have a blast and be really hot. But mm-hmm. there's definitely days where you're just like please just let me get through this. Like, I just, just got to power through. Come on. You know, cause you're just physically exhausted and you're like fucking in some costume and it's like blazing hot. And Yeah. I, I, I would imagine for the guys, it's a lot more of a job on a gangbang day because unless it's like, like you said, one of those great gangbangs, because like when you're doing like a scene, you know, there's a connection with the person and like, it's a lot more engaging, I imagine. But with a gangbang, it's kind of like, there's a lot of moments where you're not the guy engaging and you're, you just have to keep your dick hard. And Yeah. You're just holding a foot and jerking off basically. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so I don't know. If, I mean, you must know this about yourself, but like you are consistently one of the most, if not the most popular male performers among women. Um, not just within the industry, but also just like in general, like this is a Pornhub statistic. Um, you must know, right? Like I'm, I'm, uh, people tell me that. Thank you. (laughs) I can see that you're someone who is uncomfortable with compliments, but, um, (laughs) I, I think like, do you, is like, do you know why? Like, do you have an idea of maybe like what it is about you that makes you, really stand out um i mean it's i can certainly like yeah i mean i could obviously speculate a lot but i think a large part of it is just that i read comments and i listen to what people like and respond to and you know like like talking about my first gangbang with all those guys you know i was performing and i was like a body in it but even I remember James Dean being like, you're really, really quiet. <laughs> you know, like I was, I was not, I didn't have a screen presence. I was just kind of like a dude with a dick. Okay. And now I'm, you know, when you get, when you're performing for so long, you just become hyper aware of like, you're, you're like, oh, I'm fucking in this position. I'm going to like turn my head and adjust my body this way. And like, oh, I'm going to moan and people like it when I do this and people like it when I bite my finger and people like it when I'm fucking in jeans or it's like, they have all these things that I respond to. I like, I don't think I'm doing anything terribly unique that just in the fact of like how I'm like, I intentionally try to make my videos in a way that I think people can relate to it and people can watch it and be like, that's sex that doesn't look overly performed and that I could attain and looks hot and shows a connection. 
You know, yeah. I think I think most porn obviously comes from the male gaze, and it's kind of just like hot woman and a dick coming in, and I'm just like. I'm just going to shoot this in a medium the whole time. So it shows actually two people having sex with each other and not like two people kind of having sex, but like not, not looking at each other, not engaged. Like just the parts. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, I enjoy watching women in pleasure. That's exciting to me. And obviously people respond to that and people enjoy watching that. And like, I mean, I've talked about this at great length with my wife and she's also very, you know, passionate and also uh, has spent a lot of time in sex education and I've learned a lot of that through her as well. And we, she kind of jokes of like, she's like, you do like the, she's like, it's sad because you do like kind of the bare minimum that's required of you to satisfy other women and people think like they praise you on such a high level for that you know and she says that in the most loving way but she, Wait, what does that mean because <laughs> she's just she's just like you, you share you like you show that you care about a woman's pleasure as though that's like unique <laughs> I mean, it's kind. Of, it reminds me of. I don't know if you know that Instagram account called Awards for Good Boys. <laughs> I I'm, I haven't heard of it, but it's yeah. yeah. You can imagine what it is, but it's basically exactly what you said. Is like how we are so accustomed to being treated like shit by men that when you guys do do the bare minimum, and I'm not even saying that you do the bare minimum, but like when a guy is remotely nice or cares about us coming or yeah. you know down on us after he comes or anything, we're like, oh my God, he's just like such a feminist and amazing. <laughs> yeah. And so that's why I'm like, I, I obviously tremendously appreciate the support and the comments I get and just that people like even watch want to watch me having sex is crazy to me still but it's but you know it's I'm like I'm like this is I guess what I think of as like a normal sex it's not I don't think I'm like creating a revolution with porn or there's the way where sex is represented in a way it's it's kind of like yeah, like what? Don't you want to see your your partner having pleasure? Like, right. I think yeah. Like, I think um, the way you put it, I think is like downplaying it a little. I I think like from a woman's perspective, I think what's so attractive about you is for me and like a lot of women I've spoken to that are fans of yours. Like, I think your your passion really, really, really does come through. And like you said, like the way you want to you want a woman to enjoy the sex. I think really comes through and i i find that all all those like top male porn stars are all guys that can do that and they're the kind of guys that can like i, I think it's all it's two things it's one that we can really see your passion but i also think passion like that and when you the perfor- the the performer you're working with can tell and that brings like a certain kind of performance out of us too and that makes your scenes great, right? Like, because it's two people really wanting to fuck rather than like two people are just completely disengaged. Yeah. And I think that a lot of it, like, you know, if I hopefully in best case scenario, if I give a lot of good positive energy to my scene partner and just a lot of like physical energy and want to make them feel good, like hope I'm there's a 
decent chance that I'm going to get that energy in return. And that both, you know, it creates a good, it creates a good scene and it also, you know, it just is fun and it creates a a better dynamic. So for sure. I also think the other reason why you're probably like so popular, um, I think your look is very different than any other guy in porn. You're not like your typical porn guy at all. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's like seriously through the first few years of performing, that was definitely a a hindrance for me because people are always like, yeah, yeah, people are just, you know, they're like, oh, that's cool that kink hires you and stuff. But like, I like your look is too distracting or like people, you know, like that won't work for my side or like so at pretty much every porn company was just like, oh, like your look is too different or whatever. And, you know, if anything, that was just more motivation for me to make my own content because I was just like, okay, well, if I can just work my ass off on my own, then maybe I can like make some extra money and not totally depend on bookings and, you know, just see where that takes me because, you know, for, I was really just trying to pay my rent. You know, I was, (laughs) I was, was, you know, and, you know, and eventually some other people gave me opportunities like Aiden star was a big person mm-hmm. when she started hiring me for evil angel stuff. Um, and then when I started to do a little bit more mainstream LA, then other people were like, Oh, well other people are hiring him and that seems to be going okay. So maybe I'll give him a chance. And yeah, and other people kind of gave me opportunities following that. Especially because I think until First of all, until really recently, I feel like women with a lot of tattoos were generally kind of in this like niche category, right? Like you could work for like King, yeah. Evil Angel, and Joanne Angel. Yeah. Um, but for a guy, I think maybe people don't notice, but like most guys in porn now don't still are pretty bare when it comes to tattoos. Because um, it's kind of like you said, like porn is usually shot through the male gaze and so the man should be as like maybe bl- a blank of a slate as possible. Yeah, it's like, like it's like camera. Yeah, they they just they enjoy the guy just being this like anonymous body that that the viewer can project themselves onto. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and you like for anyone that doesn't know, like not only do you have tattoos, like you have body modification scars, like it you. It's, it's, which is very, I would say, are you the only guy in porn, like mainstream porn that has that? Uh, that I know of. Yeah. I mean, I know like a couple women that do, but not, not on the scale, but yeah, it's definitely pretty rare. There, Can there I might ask be, you about yeah. that? Yeah. Like, I don't really know much about that. Um, I have tattoos and stuff, and I think the scars, like, look super cool. Um, But, like, I'm wondering – okay, like, I guess I'll start by asking, like, it obviously hurts very badly to do that, right? Uh, Most of it is pretty comparable to getting tattooed. It's Really? Oh, yeah. It's not like – Like, one of your tests? Like – So that one is kind of different because – so – most of my scars, you actually, like, I think I have 10 or 11 scars across my torso. And most of them are kind of just line cutting, which, which is comparable to getting tattooed. It's really not that bad. The healing process is a little bit worse. But the large one that everybody notices, because it's so much more pronounced, is a giant, like a Y incision. And okay. that, that, that one, uh, it's, 
wide and pronounced because it's actual flesh removal. It's not just like a cut. It's like they they've literally like skinned very shallowly skinned. What my do they body. Use, like, um, like a scalpels, exacto knife? Super or? sharp scalpels. Like sur- oh sur- for, like God. actual surgical and scalpels. Does it- so they're way they're way way sharper. Yeah. You and how long does that, that take from start to finish? Um, and how uh, long does that take start to finish? I I think it took like a couple hours. I got it like 14, 15 oh years God. ago. I got it. Yeah. But um, it really getting it done. Uh, yeah, it hurts, sure, but it's really the healing process because you just have like a very open, very exposed wound. Um, so the healing process is is actually the the really horrible part of it. How 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 do you uh, heal it? That, like, do you, is it band? Yeah, it's it's a process. The artist who did it has like very specific uh suggestions for how you heal stuff like that so um a a lot of people recommend when you get scars that you actually kind of intentionally keep them open in its way where they're bandaged but under cellophane so that they don't scab and i kept it like that i think for over a week so it kind of what they say is it helps it stick (laughs) especially as a super white person where scars can just uh can can fade really easily and i don't like keloid as much uh-huh. as uh people with more melanin in their skin um so yeah i basically kind of intentionally kept it open to help it stick and be more visible and then it's just a really miserable process of it scabbing and, and healing <laughs> so are you like is it safe to say you're a masochist like <laughs> uh i used to definitely be quite a masochist i've done a lot of other both bdsm and just kind of like pain uh exploration but i'm 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 pretty soft in my what, older age like, now what <laughs> what's the most what's what was like the most extreme level of pain you experienced voluntarily? probably uh when i was 18 years old and i got two large gauge piercings through the head of my cock that was that'll probably set the bar for the rest of my life (laughs) what about like sexually or or do you not do Um, not mix the two I have, but it's not really, it's not really sexual for me. I, I'm, yeah, I've, I have a little bit when I was younger, for sure. Um, with my, I've had sexual partners where we kind of like both inflicted pain on each other while fucking and, you know, with that dynamic, it can be really fun and hot. But um, no, especially, you know, when I was younger and much more into kind of exploring that, it was more about just, just seeing what my mind could feel and experience through intense physical stimulation on my body. Um, yeah. And it's, it can be fun. Um, but it's, it's kind of like a, that's so interesting. It's kind of like doing, 
it's kind of like doing drugs where it's like having my mind in the right place and kind of wanting to go there. It's something I, I haven't done in years, but yeah, it's fun. So do you feel like, do you experience like an actual high from it? Definitely. When you're, when you're experiencing hot, really high levels of pain, the endorphins running through your body are, are very much intoxicating and, and uh, especially with just like breathing super heavy and everything, you know, the adrenaline we're going through your body. Yeah, you you definitely kind of leave your leave your your body and consciousness in a way. I mean, I will say, like the only I am not. I'm like such a pussy when it comes to like pain or anything like that. Like I just don't like it. I love being like dominated, but I don't like pain inflicted on me at all. So it's very hard for me to like even fathom like what about that feels good. But the one thing I can relate on like the drug level is like I remember when I was in labor to give birth, I was in so much pain that I was hallucinating. Yeah. But it wasn't a good high. Like it was like hallucinate about scenarios where I'm also in pain. Just like. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you may have had like drug experiences like that in a way where it's like you're, you, it's like there's just so much stimulation running through your body that you're kind of just in awe of like of that level of intensity. And even though it's, I mean, because I even have that like getting tattooed in some really, really horrible parts of my body, there's part, I, I'm almost like giggling because I just can't believe how much it hurts um but i'm still just you know i'm kind of like just squirming around like oh my (laughs) god i can't believe wow it feels right now Um, i'm wondering like you must experience pain differently than someone who's not a masochist right like like does it feel it like it is pleasurable to you right like or am i getting it's I think, you know, pain and pleasure are very much on the same spectrum. And, you know, once you intentionally explore that, then um, you begin to not just associate it with like, ow, but, you know, kind of like, oh, that's what that feels like and almost be familiar with it in the way that I mean, when I was like, even before I got into really doing BDSM, uh, having a background with, with body modification, that was kind of, you know, it was like getting a piercing or something for the first time where you're like, whoa, that's like, I didn't know what that felt like. And that was kind of crazy. But I even got into what they call play piercing, which is kind of just piercing for the practice of putting needles through your flesh, uh, like many in a row, kind of just for that, for that sensory experience, mm-hmm. um, and having those endorphins, you know, and, um, Getting, and like not putting an earring in. Yeah, not putting any jewelry in. I'm just like, I'm just going to put like 15, 20 piercings through my skin. And it's one thing when you have somebody else doing it, where you're like, I'm just going to lay back and relax. But if you're able to actually just... Relax. <laughs> but if you, but you know, if you become familiar with that sensation, but it's like, if you can do that yourself, I, I, I love introducing people to that where it's like, you know having somebody else do is one thing by overcoming your own kind of like 
primal instinct of like, I'm intentionally putting this needle through my skin and it hurts, but I'm going to keep going. It, it's kind of a weird mind trip, but in a way, once you get familiar with that, you're like, you're like, oh, I know what that feels like. And now I'm going to do it again. And now I'm going to do it again and again and again and again. I mean, again. the only thing, the way you describe it, the only thing I can think of right now is like a roller coaster and yeah. how so frightening the first time. And then you go on once and I wouldn't say it feels good but the thrill of it makes you want to immediately go again yeah yeah because you kind of get this this rush of adrenaline where you're like oh my god i feel you like feel awkward and uncomfortable and antsy but you're like i want it more <laughs> dude is, do it, it again. is it similar to a roller coaster in the way that like when you're beginning to do it you're kind of like what am i doing like why did i why am i doing this again and then when you're in it you're like oh yeah this is amazing or uh, it depends on the type of pain. And I think it's probably different for everybody. I mean, I've definitely experienced plenty of pain where I'm like, this fucking sucks. and I don't want to do this anymore. But um, it depends. You know, I think people, people who are masochists, I think can be drawn to different types of pain stimulation and like how much they want to indulge in that the intensity and frequency. Yeah. That this is blowing my mind because, like, in my mind, and I think a lot of people's minds, like, masochism is always sexual. Yeah, plenty. I mean, plenty of people like to like to mix the two for sure. But, but I you're think it's not necessarily like exclusively sexual. It doesn't I, have to be for everyone. I almost feel too distracted by yeah. getting kind of overwhelmed in pain stimulation to like want to involve sex because I'm kind of just like, I'm just like, whoa, this is intense. And I kind of like to just indulge yeah. in those, in those feelings and not being like, like, oh, I have to be engaged and I have to like be hard and like having I mean, sex. That's how I feel about like eating and sex. Like I love eating and I love sex. Don't really like mixing the two. Like they're not, it's like, it's like you're dulling both. You're spreading it too thin or something. Yeah. I think that's how a lot of people feel about like 69 in a way. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Where you're like, this feels great, but I'm kind of distracted. Like, Yeah. Yeah. And if it's not feeling great, like it means like you're doing a good job. And if you're not like, yeah. Yeah. You can't really focus um, on a joint either. So for you, like, okay. For, so for someone who like enjoys pain on that level, like, like, when you're okay, like if you get a paper cut by accident or like you stub your toe or like, like, does that, yeah, are you, that still hurts. That still sucks. I'm not like, Ooh, I stubbed my toe. This is rad. Like, yeah, it's still, it's, I think there's a way different experience between like intentionally hurting yourself and then accidentally. But what's the, what's, I guess, what's the difference? Um, it's just, it's, I is think, it about mental prep? I think it, yeah, it can be mental prep. And I think it's also just different types of stimulation. Uh, like a connecting with your brain in that way and what it, what it does, because I mean, st stubbing your toe doesn't like relief a bunch of like release a bunch of endorphins where you're just like, Ooh, that felt crazy. <laughs> like you're just like, fuck my foot hurts. <laughs> I mean, that's how I feel about all pain though. So that's what I'm trying to, but I guess, I guess like, I mean, I guess like, okay, for example, having a dick in me feels amazing, but I wouldn't want a dick in me when I don't want a dick in me. Yeah. And it's, like, you know, good at all. And I, you know, you have tattoos. It's like having like a long sustained 
not horrible pain, like you can kind of relax and sink into it, you know, but it's not like getting punched in the face where you're just like, fuck, my face really hurts now. It's, it's a very different, it's a very different experience. Huh? Why do you think, um, do you think some people are just born like liking pain? Like, do you think it just hits some people differently or do you think, is it something that, I guess I'm asking, is it nature or nurture? I, I don't know, but I think that a lot of people, um, are, I think, you know, it definitely can relate to maybe how people, uh, experience their relationship to sex in the way that some people are super open and wild and want to explore and try a bunch of crazy things and have threesomes and like get, get rough. And then some people are, you know, like very they're like not connected to their body. They feel uncomfortable. They feel guilt for having those desires. And so they, they Mm -hmm. don't explore that because they don't understand it. I think there's, you know, I think when you're, when you see examples that help you feel accepted and not alone, then it's easier to kind of feel, to embrace those desires to explore. Yeah. No, for sure. Like, did you did you grow up in San Francisco? Uh, I grew up in the Bay Area, so pretty close by, and I definitely had a, a very. I imagine that to be such a different. A, a very different childhood. Yeah, I had a very different childhood um, in many ways. Do you, um? Did you like? Were you always like a very sexual person? Like, were you always really horny? I guess. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if there's one thing we have in common, like in porn, like most of us are hornier than average, I would say. <laughs> yeah, it's it's always been it's kind of you know, I've 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 joked at times that it's like people always relate sex to pleasure, but in a way it's it's almost like this weight of carrying around this kind of insatiable desire of like, I just have to tap into this, you know, cause I, I can't just ignore it. Yeah, no, I can definitely, definitely, definitely relate to that. What did you think that you would be like as an, did you have jobs before porn? Yeah, I, um, I kind of ducked out of a lot of uh, the later years of, of, of high school. I, I still kind of finished high school on the side, but I went to cosmetology school and got my license and became a hair colorist when I was like 17. Um, and I did hair what? color for four years. And then kind of at the end of that, I ended up going to design school while I was still doing hair and uh, I, yeah, I went to fashion design school and finished that. And then I was in fashion design and like styling and that whole thing for four years or so. And uh, I mean, I learned a lot. I had a lot of good experiences, you know, but it's a very, it's a, it's a really hard industry to like go anywhere in it's just very like it it's you know there's the 
like a lot of industries, there's, there's people very much on top, and then you're just kind of like working your ass off for all the people, all the owners. Um, yeah. And you're kind of like makeup artists, and like maybe not so much in porn, but like in mainstream, how they say makeup artists, like in the beginning, you're doing so much work for free just to build yeah. your and get that reputation. And oh, yeah, I was doing so much work for other people. Um, like unpaid just to get opportunities to get my foot in the door. And it was kind of just like expected of me at that point. And, mm-hmm. you know, you just don't really have that many opportunities. Um, but I got to do a lot of really creative things and work with some amazing people. Uh, and I definitely appreciate a lot of my experiences and, and kind of, I kind of reached a peak with the company that I was working with, with for a long time. And then, um, and that's kind of when I just like took a leap of faith, not really having much. And I kind of did some random side jobs and freelance work. And that's about the time that I kind of started squeaking into porn and getting a few shoots here and there. And you say you say that like your wife was originally the one to make the suggestion that you go into porn. Mm-hmm. Are yeah. You, are you guys like um, in an open relationship or like? Yeah, yeah. We've been together for ten years, and the majority of that has been uh, we've been in a in a non monogamous relationship. Yeah. So she like does she like get off on watching your porn? Uh, I mean, I've been in porn for eight and a half years, so I think she's pretty used to it at this point, but definitely like, you know, definitely within the first year, she would like, our friends would come over and she'd be like, check it out. Here's this new scene. Like showing our, showing our friends and stuff. And I'm like, all right guys, like, you know. You don't have to watch like a full sixty minute gangbang. <laughs> you know? no, nothing, nothing, nothing feels longer than like when you're watching a Ugh. whole scene with someone you know. Like it's just yeah, you're like, all right, like it's so long. <laughs> yeah, like we like, can skip forward. ahead. Yeah, <laughs> like you get the idea. <laughs> yeah, so true. <laughs> yeah, a, a porn scene is really long when you're not watching it to jerk off yeah <laughs> yeah because it's pretty slow what kind of like what kind of like partner are you like are you very are you like really romantic or are you kind of like a i want my own bedroom and i do my own thing kind of guy or like what um i mean if like you know it how do i describe this um yeah, I mean, I can definitely be romantic in a lot of ways. And I'm also very, both of us are very supportive of each other's kind of individuality and pursuing what makes us happy and kind of doing our own thing. I'm very much kind of a workaholic in the sense that I don't just like, if I have time at home, I'm not just like chilling just take it easy um you know she's better at encouraging me to like have fun and get outside and and, yeah and spend time with friends but um you know we we definitely take plenty of opportunities to to get away with each other and and spend time with each other and 
you know, once you've been in a relationship with somebody for, for so many years, you kind of get into a groove of, of that flow that kind of feels good of like how and when you connect and, and uh, balancing that with, with the craziness of the rest of life. I feel like every relationship, not maybe not every relationship has it, but I think that it really works out when one person is like the person who's really good at relaxing and one person who doesn't relax that much. Yeah. Yeah. She's definitely the anxious one. And I'm the, we, we call it like the, the wave and the Island. Like I'm, I'm the Island and she's the wave. That's just always kind of like breaking against me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, um, how did you guys meet? Uh, most people I've definitely talked about this in the past, but I kind of scoot around talking about that too much these days. Yeah. So you are like very, like you like to keep your personal life private. I've progressively moved more and more private and it, 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 it's a balance. I used to be way public, um, online in the past about just like talking about myself and my relationship and this and that. Um, I definitely like on my only fans, I do a lot of Q and a videos where mm-hmm. I just like people ask me random questions. Mm-hmm. Um, but as, as you know, I get older, I definitely just value my, my privacy in ways and, and having, having a better balance with that. Yeah. You say you like go to AVN and do all the big events, but like, don't you think, I, I mean, I, I've I've gone to like four avians, so I don't. I'm not like. I mean, that's a lot, but like, I I always feel like whenever I'm at avian, I'm always like, damn, it must like be really hard to be an actually like very famous person, like in the sense of like paparazzi is following you and you can't walk down the street without people stopping you. Like, I think like in porn, I think a lot of people know us, but like, I think. One, I think people's own hangups about sex keep them from coming up to us that much, right? Like they'll recognize us, but like it's not crazy. Like they don't like. I mean, I get I get approached in public. I mean, not this year. I don't go outside very much. Yeah. But, um, but in general, like I get I get approached and recognized on a pretty regular basis. Um, but like, can you imagine if it were always on the level of like AVN? Because like would- you know. How- AVN, yeah. you can't leave your hotel room for example. Yeah. At, at the benefit of AVN is that I'm kind of being outshined by hundreds of other of like hot women. So it's the attention is not on me there that much. But um but like yeah, I mean I still, you know, I if I'm just it 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 makes you just slightly paranoid. Mm-hmm. Not paranoid, but kind of like whenever you go outside where like, are they just looking at me because of my tattoos or are they like, do they recognize me or like look weird or, um, but, but everybody, everybody that approaches me is always super friendly and sweet. Um, I think my number one self-conscious thing is, um, like ever since I started porn and like, you know, people approach me, my number one thing is sleeping on the plane. (laughs) I, I have had instances where like I wake up and like someone's taking a photo and it's like you're so vulnerable when you're asleep. Like no one is attractive sleeping on a plane. You know, yeah, like, yeah, mouth yeah. opens and like it's just 
horrible all around. For sure. No, I've, 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 number one, (laughs) I've, I've definitely had a handful of moments where I was at, uh, large events and definitely like visibly intoxicated and, (laughs) and people were like, Oh my God, are you Owen? And I would just kind of want to cover my face. (laughs) Like, can we not do this right now? (laughs) But I'm also like, thank you. I appreciate it. Like, that. but I, yeah, no, I mean, if, if anybody sees me, they're welcome to come up and, and yeah. say hi. Everyone, everyone is super rad and, and amazing. It's kind of just, you know, when you're in, when you're in that headspace, you're, I don't know. I, I like to unplug Owen and, and not, not think about him all the time. Yeah. 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 How, how often do you work? Cause you live, you don't live in LA. So it, your schedule must be really different from like most performers. Yeah. These days I have I the days is different. Like, well, yeah, but like, you know, a year ago, like yeah. I have the huge benefit that these days I'm um, pretty much only working for myself. I mm-hmm. very rarely shoot for other companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I only shoot like three or four scenes a month mm-hmm. and it kind of, I mean, especially after eight and a half years, that's pretty ideal for me because yeah. I still get it. Like I can still go into a scene and be like, Oh, I'm really excited to make this a good scene. I'm excited to shoot with this person. Like, you know, this is going to be fun. And uh, you know, I'm not just like on day six being like, okay, just got to get, got to get through yeah, another scene. Yeah. yeah. Cause it just, yeah. you know, you get to a point where it's fun, but it's, you're just kind of like, you're you're just doing the motions because you're just mm-hmm. going 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 and I think you can be that with any job mm-hmm. um so it's 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 a balance but yeah now I'm I'm able to kind of slow down and 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 enjoy and I think have more longevity through the next few years at least I mean do you think like that's where everyone's headed cuz like same I've you know I've been in the industry 12 years now and I've only been shooting my own stuff for like my Pornhub page and stuff for like 4 years now and you know like I I feel really lucky and I think you probably do too that like you came up in a time where like you could build a name through studio porn get all that kind of um promo from the big companies and build a name that way. And now you can kind of really capitalize it on, on it, on your own. Um, I think we're like kind of in that sweet spot. Definitely. But you think that is, is that the future of porn? Like, is everyone just going to self-produce now, like including the newer talent? It's, I very much think that it's heading more and more in that direction. It's been really fascinating, especially since since March, since everybody stopped working, that that the huge influx of just of like non mainstream people jumping into OnlyFans and yeah. making all their own content. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Like, are you are you like, yeah, porn is going more mainstream, or are you kind of like, nah, you were like talking shit about us a year ago, and now you're like, like, which? How do you feel about that? I'm so so happy and supportive for all the people that have the opportunities that they they can turn down work and not have to work for companies that they don't like or represent themselves and i mean truthfully even years ago people would always ask me how to get into porn and i would be like make your own stuff you know just try that out at least because in that sense you can at least represent yourself Mm -hmm. in a way that you feel good about 
mm-hmm. you're not just like like stupid stepdaughter number three. It's, you yeah. Know, you can, um, of course, like there's going to be problematic areas with people coming in and and kind of taking that like representing sex work and in a way that they don't even call sex work. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm super happy that I'm able to hire people that I love working with and to support people that I think are wanting to do the same thing and kind of mm-hmm. move in that direction. But I, I don't give a huge amount of attention to, to, random people who are just like you know because sure they might like make a big name for themselves right now but who knows like they may just disappear in a year Mm -hmm. or something so yeah i I just i just kind of focus on doing the best that i can and and supporting the people that i work with directly yeah no i'm totally with you i think it is definitely like there's both ends to it like i think this is you know i i think maybe you agree because like you got in eight and a half years ago, but like you and I just missed what we used to call the golden era of porn, yeah, which happened literally right before us. Like we missed it by a few years. And that's like when DVD, VHS and internet all crossed and people were making like insane amounts of money. You could put out anything and it would be making money. Yeah. Um, and then that crashed and then is, which is when you and I got in and then, um, but now I feel like this is probably the golden era of porn, right? Yeah. Where we are all able to make money from home, making exactly like you said, like the kind of product we ourselves want to represent ourselves and yeah. out there. And like, I mean, I have so much shit out there that I'm like, like, yeah, sure. Maybe I had fun making that product at the time, but like the things I said, like that, the lines that were fed to me are like, don't at all represent like what I feel or stand for. And I, you know, but I looked at it like, oh, this is a job. Like I'm playing a role. Definitely. And I think now is, I mean, in, I think a golden era applies kind of like where your values are, you know, in the sense Mm -hmm. that now, like I think now is very much at the beginning of the golden era because people, because anybody can produce content mm-hmm. and create it. And that's, that gives the opportunity to be so much more inclusive to represent so many other sides of sexuality and to like, not just, I mean, it's like, it's like people are always like, why don't, you know, like, why don't you do this and shoot that? And, and, and they don't like, they, they see Owen, for how I am now and the opportunities that I have. And I have to remind people, I'm like, when I started porn, like nobody wanted to hire me because of the way that I looked. And that was just a matter of how it is. And, and now it's obviously a lot easier for me, but like the majority of other people also aren't thin and white and conventionally attractive um, or like having straight sex. And now anybody can like just, whip out their phone and shoot porn and potentially make make a living with it so i think it's really the future do you feel like that is good for like not just the sex industry but like that's good for for just sex in general for just sex for the awareness of sex for people to like just feel like oh people are having sex this way and that's how i want to have sex that Mm -hmm. like it's, it's the representation of sex in general I know that 
the porn industry like wants to separate themselves from any type of education in a way. And obviously we're not educating people, but I think that we're just raising the awareness of like, you can have sex in a different way or in a way that isn't normally represented. And there's nothing wrong with you because everyone kind of has this, you know, has so many people come to me with this guilt of like, oh, I really want this type of sex. And I try to talk to my partner about it, but they don't want to have sex like that. Or they just like feel guilty about their about even having those desires. Mm-hmm. And I think when that when that representation of sex is just available, then they feel less alone, and they they don't hold on to that that shame in a way. And it just it helps people accept themselves, which is so For much sure. more, so much more powerful. Because also, like feeling like a weirdo in general is hard growing up. But feeling like a weirdo when it comes to sex is like tenfold. Definitely. You're you're already ashamed of thinking sexual things already. And then on top of that, like your thoughts about sex are unconventional. And then it's like – but it's like you said, like I think, you know, I I always say like I didn't fucking get into porn to be a sex educator. I don't consider myself a sex educator. I am not qualified to be a sex educator. But at the same time, it's like it would be really ignorant for us to – ignore the fact that like we are for a lot of people we're the only thing on the internet that they see about sex like yeah like bad for sex ed but like yeah it's not as like sex sex ed in our system is doing a really terrible job of educating people (laughs) and and so uh, understandably people are looking for the first thing they can find for something that that makes sense to them. So I like think why, if you were growing up in the age of the internet, like how could you not Google sex? Like how, like, yeah. are you kidding me? Like that's completely unrealistic to think. I mean, when I was 12 and I like just got, you know, dial up internet, that was generally the only thing I was trying to find online. So <laughs> <laughs> it's not surprising that kids are getting that, you know, much faster these days. No. Yeah. Like sex ed needs to be ramped up like all over the world. I think for, for, for sure. Yeah. Um, So you're, you're like, you're known as a very like dominant performer, like despite you being a masochist, as you say, like you're known for being like a really dominant kind of male performer. Like, is that, I mean, is that accurate? Sure. I mean, I think I I'm a I'm a very reluctant uh, dominant character. <laughs> but That's yeah, great, please. <laughs> like I'm. Uh, so dominant's kind of a vague term. I definitely I definitely enjoy. Uh, that that energy exchange i enjoy having a little bit of power over my partner i enjoy like holding them down and and you know quote unquote having my way with them um but you know like i can throw on a leather jacket and and like look tough and people get really excited about it but to me like that image of being like tough daddy is like actually really uncomfortable and not okay. not anything that well, I, I do. Why? 
I just, I, 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 I find that representation of like, I think so many dominant men just come off to me as just very entitled and, and, and crass and, and, um, you know, just arrogant. And that is, it's repulsive to me and not, and not, I'm not calling out anybody like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely, you know, I think there's people that have that dynamic, even in porn that like they can call themselves daddy and they have a fun, you know, uh, scene partner and then get into it and it's hot. And I think that's great. And that should be celebrated. Um, but kind of like me playing that role is just, it's uncomfortable for me, but I, 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 I understand that there's like commercial value in that. And so I, I can mean, definitely, I can, I can, I can tap into it a little bit. Cause it'd be like, Oh, if I just like whip out my belt, like people are going to get excited. And, <laughs> and, and that's, that's fun. That's fine. You know? Yeah. I, um, I think I know what you're getting at. And like, of course I don't want to, you know, I'm not talking shit about anyone. I have a few people in my mind, but I'm not going to say who, but like, I think, like I, I love, like I said, sexually, I love being submissive. I love fucking a dominant man. Yeah. But I think that guys that call themselves doms are generally gross. Yeah. Um, it's, and yeah. it's just like, to me, like, and, and of course, not always the case, but often a guy who is like, who has labeled himself a dom, right? Like not just describes himself as dominant in bed but like is a dom those guys to me like like i can see the insecurities like seeping out of your pores (laughs) but in a bad not in a vulnerable way in a way that's like it's gross (laughs) yeah yeah so so like i i a way of, of viewing that would be you know if a woman wants to be submissive to me Mm-hmm. I find that really hot. Mm-hmm. But the idea of going into something to to dominate somebody is not exciting to me. It's kind of like if I have if I have to try to wield that power over somebody, yeah. it's not hot. But if somebody wants to give that to me, yeah. that is exciting. I think those are actually two very different people in my eyes, like the guy who's a dom and the guy who likes to be dominant. I, I think to yeah. me, it's very, very different. And, you know, like I, I asked this question to a lot of people and like people you've even mentioned, like Aiden star, um, who I respect like so much, but like, like what it's hard for me because I'm not in the lifestyle. Like I'm not in the BDSM lifestyle. It's hard for me to like understand, I guess, like who, I can definitely see like who, if you're dominant in bed, it's like one thing that's like a sexual, almost like a preference. But like if, what is the difference between a dom and like just an abusive person? I like, mean, it's- or, or, or no, 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 not even abusive person, but like a sadist, I guess you could say. Like someone who likes, who gets pure joy just out of like watching people in pain. Like I guess how... Like, to me, it's to me, it's. I mean, obviously, consent, but it's all it's it, it it it's all about the person. Like, 
I've done scenes where I'm, it's purely BDSM, knee topping, inflicting pain and pleasure on a person. Okay. And when I'm in that position, it's not about me getting off on inflicting pain. And it's not about me just having my way for my pleasure. It's, it's, it's like what people often call being like a service top. It's like, I'm creating, a, and that's part of, because I have that understanding of knowing what the pain feels like that I'm inflicting on other people. Like I, I want to give them those feelings and that stimulation because it's hot and because it's exciting for them. It's not because I'm like, Ooh, inflicting this is like turning me on. Like inflicting pain on other people doesn't get me off. It's yeah, very like, much of the opposite. That's like the difference, right? Like I think like that's because you're not an asshole, right? Like you're and not like this guy who goes around like, oh, I'm a top or whatever, but like, or I'm a dom or whatever. But like, do you are are those guys like? Is that basically what they're saying? Like, I like to inflict pain on people. I guess, yeah. I mean, it's hard for me to understand, but yeah, I, I think, you know, because I think that image is quite popular, and I think that a lot of, I think that a lot of people can be drawn to it because it may be what they think they want. But you know, I'm a lot of a lot of women come to me asking for advice of like how to have those experiences mm -hmm. with other people, both, both men and but both, both being wanted to be dominated by men and women being like, mm -hmm. I want to explore this. How do I, how do I approach doing something like that? And I'm always like, I, ha I have to remind people. I'm like, this is about your experience mm -hmm. and what you want and your power to call the shots of what you want and don't want to experience. It's not about them just taking from you. Right. Um, and I think that like in any healthy BDSM exchange, like the top, the top is kind of like doing a job. They're, they're, they're the ones that are, that are uh, like adjusting their, their flow and their mood, like their volume and everything to fit what the bottom wants. It's not just yeah. like, it's not, it's not the top's job to just take and take and take because that's what they want. That is a dangerous scenario. And I think that that conversation kind of needs to shift because it's, yeah. you know, it's like people, people can be turned on and get off by a dominant top, but so, because because that image is kind of alluring to a lot of people, I think yeah. people can get that responsibility, but not know how to manage it. And, and then it just leads to them be like, well, well I have to be tough for if I want to uphold my reputation or like, it's like, they think they need to be more of a man or be more of like, like I have to, I have to, Alpha. yeah. Like they want to, they want to show off or they want to be like, yeah, they want to be it. They want to be the man. And um, and I think that, you know, that can lead to either even just miscommunication about boundaries yeah. or just them thinking that they have to kind of outperform themselves to like prove to themselves that they're, they're a man or they're like tough enough or whatever. And I guess also like when you, you, when you hear of like really d like a Dom or like, you know, BDSM in like mainstream media, like 50 shades of gray, for example, like, yeah. 
like that's what we see is like a guy who like will not bend for his submissive like he has to have it his way yeah he doesn't call any of the shots and she's actually like reluctantly going with it yeah because it's a movie she ends up liking it and like all is well but like i guess that is kind of like a dangerous message to relay Definitely. And I think that people, it's, you know, it's like any representation of sex in mainstream media is generally, it's, it's uncomfortable for me to watch at least. But the craziest thing is that like in movies, whenever like they have sex at like a one night stand or anything, it's always a cream pie. Like that's nuts. <laughs> yeah, well, it's that suspension of it's it's that it's you know it's been like oh everything's fine and of course they just didn't talk about it and yeah uh, you know it's kind of just like oh it's it's because like, you don't want to like ruin the moment or whatever yeah, a raw dog cream pie. <laughs> but yeah, it's like I I I would rather discuss all of that like so far in advance before even. Be, being in the room with somebody yeah. that it's kind of like understood yeah what those, what those you know what those expectations and boundaries are for sure one thing i've learned in porn is like sex is actually so much better when you're having those conversations before you're even horny yeah because when you're in the moment that's when i feel as though people can change their they can they can bend their own boundaries and you know which is something that i've totally done as well like mm-hmm. um and just you know if they could compromise their safety they could just do things that maybe they're unsure of and obviously those things can change in the moment but i think having that understanding well in advance is a much safer approach to just people even knowing that they're on the same page before they're even engaging in sex yeah, or like just knowing what the other person likes and doesn't like. Like, it's- yeah, yeah, because I like there's no. I mean, so many people ask me like, how do I like, how do I give pleasure to my partner and do this, or like, how do I get my boyfriend off, or how do I? And, and I'm like, I don't know your partner. Like, I don't know what they want. Like, I, yeah. you have to talk to them. You know, it's like I perform a certain way uh, because one, it's a performance, and also because I'm having detailed conversations with the person before the scene of, of what, what their boundaries are and what they, what they want. It's not like a one size fits all for, for any of that. For sure. I've been doing this like weekly Instagram live thing on the Pornhub account where like people submit their sex questions and like, I give them my non medical advice on my porn star based advice on like, you know, just sex in general. And I find that like 90% of the answers are communication and it's so like cliche and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, really, we are so uncomfortable talking about sex that we would rather just like guess and get it wrong or like just not say anything and have horrible sex than like actually talk about it. Yeah, that's really the most common conversation that I have with people asking me mm-hmm. about sex is because I they're afraid they're they're both afraid to say something because, you know, they're they're worried that their partner is going to reject them for the desi- their desires and then that's going to drive a wedge between them. Um or you know, or they're they're just they're it's kind of that like 
they're like, oh, well, you didn't say anything until now. So, like, did you just hate all of our sex before? Right. You know? And it's like, no, like, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. But there's always ways that you can improve. And, and I think grow. it's ultimately, like, a fear of rejecting or of rejection and also a fear of, like, hurting the other person's feelings. I think yeah. those two things is what it's it is. It's a very, very sensitive area for most people because especially when it's like, when it's your partner, something, somebody that you care about and you want to share yeah. your life, life, life with, and it's like the last thing you want is to feel rejected because you're asking for kinky, you know, because you want to get choked during sex or something like yeah. that, you know, and, and that's the unfortunate reality that most people have. And yeah not being able to just talk about even the most basic things of sex. Yeah. It's super sad. What, what is, um, so like, I mean, I know we're in a pandemic now and like things are like weird and we're all just kind of home shooting ourselves, but like, what, like, are you a porn for life kind of guy? Like what, <laughs> what's your uh, thought plan? <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, it's, I'm, content with moving forward in the same kind of direction that I am in right now, but I'm, I would love to, I, I'm like just kind of starting to get behind the camera more and shooting other people to have sex, um, which is fun for me. Cause I got to be a little bit more creative and, and I just don't have that need to like always be on camera. Um, yeah so but you know people people like probably most of my income comes from me being on camera so i'm very inclined to continue that um i think it's it's kind of just a fortunate position to be in like that's not something a lot of (laughs) no like literally i think i can think of maybe like 10 male performers that can say that yeah so because they are the ones on camera for the most part i would say most male performers that are like whether they're on Pornhub or OnlyFans most of them are making money not because of themselves but because because of the women they choose to work with right for sure for sure you like you're the you're the spectacle (laughs) yeah and so I you know it's kind of like I've talked about slow it like if I just kind of slow down the quantity of my shooting then I think it becomes a lot more sustainable for me Mm -hmm. um but I feel pretty, I feel pretty content with continuing to perform, but it's kind of like, I don't, it's one of those, it's such an extreme privilege, I feel like to be in this, in this position that I'm in, that it's obviously maybe, I think it's a little scary to which I'm mm. sure for, for most performers to kind of just let go of that to be it's like, like rent control. It's like being in a great rent control apartment. You can't move. Yeah. It's like, if I, <laughs> if I leave, if I leave, I can't go back in a way. <laughs> I mean, it's not, not ideal. Also so, like, you're so lucky. Like you should feel so fortunate. Exactly. To- <laughs> it's like, I, I am having sex with super beautiful people and I'm making money with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, people don't realize that the majority of, uh, you know, I work literally every day of the month, but mm-hmm. the majority of it, I'm just sitting on my computer alone. It's not actually having sex, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, it's kind of, I can't think 
of a better solution for my future right now. So and as ridiculous as that sounds, and like, oh poor you, you're having sex. <laughs> you know, but No, but that is, that in itself, I mean, I think I'm I'm in a place where I just now got over that. Like for a long time I was like, oh my God, like am I ever gonna want to quit porn? Because like I literally can't think of anything I would rather do. Like for real. Like Yeah. I, but it's also like, you know, when the time when and if the time comes, I kind of want it to be on my own, on for, w- with my own decision. You know, it's not. I think that's kind of been a tough, a tough thing with this year of just kind of like, I well, I just don't have a choice. I'm not shooting porn. Yeah. But you know, I don't want some unpredictable force to kind of just stop me indefinitely to be like, well, now you can never shoot porn again. Right. Yeah, no. Also, like, especially because in porn, like, we've seen a lot of people like, l- like, the the work just isn't there anymore. And that's always sad to watch, too. Like, it's, when it's yeah. not. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I definitely had many times of doubt in my past where I felt like I was doing well, I was getting shoots and opportunities, and then just having months where it slowed down so much where I'm like, yeah, you're like, should I get a real job? Yeah, like, should I get a job? Like, what's going on? Like, am I going to have a future? And just, <laughs> it just feeling so kind of hopeless. So I think that's everyone. I think that's everyone in freelance in general, not just porn. Yeah. And I, I you know, otherwise it's either very, very lucky or lying. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm always in this, I'm just like, like how long are people going to be interested in me doing the same thing? You know, <laughs> like at what point are people just going to lose interest of watching me have sex on camera and I'll be, you know, first like, to change. There was a comic. I can't remember who, but they were like, we have enough porn. Like it's, yeah. <laughs> it's like, like they maxed okay. out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, luckily that's, it's proving to be untrue. So Yeah. And this is actually the first I didn't have an OnlyFans until March, literally like March 15th when things went into lockdown. I was like, okay, this is as good a time of any. I'm going to be home a lot. So I started an OnlyFans and that has actually been a pretty big game changer for me because I've been, I've just been in this flow of like just producing scene after scene after scene after scene, you know, and doing well, thankfully, but, but kind of like not sure where it would lead in the wrong run or if that was really sustainable. And now, you know, I have kind of this one-on-one connection with all of my, all of these people following my OnlyFans. And that's, it's been a fascinating experience, but it's also just, um, I think it's, I produce such different type of content and I think that has kind of brought in a different type of follower. So I think uh, I like having varied opportunities and not kind of having all my eggs in one basket. For sure. Speaking of your OnlyFans, what is that link? It is just OnlyFans.com slash Owen Gray with a A-Y. And you have a Pornhub page? I do have a Pornhub page. It is just also linked to my name, Owen Gray, uh, which, uh, you know, there's tons and tons of content as well as you know uh, links straight up to my website deep blush where you can watch hundreds of hundreds of full scenes um is there anything else you want to promote <laughs> i think that's those are really my my main my main gig so okay cool and yeah. you're just owen gray on twitter i think right 
Yeah. I am very Owen Gray. Very Owen Gray. Yeah. Don't the, the yeah. There's the Christian basketball player yeah. who has who has my uh, my handle on. Uh, yeah. on Twitter. Unfortunately, he blocked me because I'm sure he was getting a lot of my porn. So. <laughs> I always think like it would suck if like imagine like you had like an identical twin and they were like a super like hardcore like right wing Christian Republican. Yeah. That <laughs> would well I maybe I wouldn't feel that bad then. It's much more for them, honestly. Yeah, yeah. You'd just be living your life and like they'd be the one like yeah. ashamed or whatever. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I Really, really appreciate you talking to us. I know you don't like do a whole ton of interviews, so yeah, I'm opening myself up a little bit more in, in recent times. But this was a great, great experience. So thank you for reaching out. Thank you, Owen.